Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Occulture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Just my friend, you have news on a certain franchise that just seems to be multiplying. A little bit, yeah. Um, it comes by way of Dusk Golem, aka the Aesthetic Gamer, who you might know as a regular, reliable Resident Evil leaker. And they've been on Twitter responding to some people asking them questions because someone was essentially saying that having three Resident Evil games in development at the moment is overkill. And they essentially shot back saying, um, quote, wait until you find out. But there was a period of time that Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 8, Outrage, Resident Evil 4 Remake and Resident Evil 9 were all in development at the exact same time. That being late um, 2018. Great, to say that um, Resident Evil 9 is still in development, but that will still be a ways off yet coming, um, they said, no earlier than 2024. So essentially, okay. there's a lot of Resident Evil games coming, Scott, that um, haven't come out since that 2018 um, push where everything was in release and well, in development, I mean. The thing with, with uh, Capcom and Resident Evil is I feel like they, it's not like they ever really took their foot fully off the gas, but I feel like they had a few more, like the, the time in between the numbered installments was a lot bigger. And it's like, you know, when we got Resident Evil 3, the remake was the tipping point for me where I was like, oh, yeah. you guys took the easy route and you put it out and it's going to sell off the Resident Evil name alone. And we had Umbrella Core as well, which I know obviously ditched the RE name, but it was still another Resident Evil game in that universe. And I'm kind of just like, oh, are you guys giving in to like, let's just milk the living hell out of this franchise because it's Resident Evil. and you know, RE7 was one of their biggest selling games in quite some time. Um, like that was like the one that beat RE6. Like the RE6 was yeah. like the highest selling one for a while. And RE7 managed to overtake it. And I kind of wonder just the, the last few years that we've had with so many top tier publishers just going like, we can milk the living hell out of this if this is like Capcom. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm having all the thoughts because I remember when Capcom's, um, I think it was their CEO after DMC5 uh, released and he had that little viral video that said Capcom is back. And he yeah. was just like, you know, we've been away for so long, Capcom is back. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, like you are back, but you also have these franchises that you can just abuse if you want to. And I wonder mm -hmm. if they immediately greenlit all these projects um, and just try to do as many, like, let's have an annual Resident Evil, let's have as much stuff as possible. Yeah, it does feel like they're trying to have this like annual Resident Evil release, and they've had that for like the past few years now. But I mm. do think, you know, like you said, Capcom had that big resurgence when they dropped like Resident Evil 7, they dropped Resident Evil 2 Remake, they dropped Devil May Cry 5. And it was, Hunter. it felt like Monster Hunter, yeah, it felt like a big statement of intent of, look, the Capcom of the early 2010s or whatever, like they're gone. We're not doing mm. that stuff anymore. We're properly doing these franchises justice. But then that also meant that these um, franchises became 
as much of a success as they've ever been and we've seen so many Resident Evil games put into development since then and while a lot of them have been good and have continued the trend that Resident Evil 7 started in particular we've had a few dodgy ones you know we've had a lot of multiplayer efforts <laughs> that haven't exactly hit we had Resident Evil 3 which a lot of people like but I think we can all kind of agree that was a little bit undercooked and it could have done with maybe another year in development to add a bit of content to it mm -hmm. and the thing about Resident Evil 9 is that according to Duskull anyway if we go back to their previous old Duskers, um, their previous leaks on um, the Resident Evil franchise, you know, we've covered them before. And back in 2020, they were essentially saying that what we know as Resident Evil 8 Village today wasn't always a Resident Evil 8 game. It was in fact mm. originally um, just going to be a spin-off that people really loved and then became a numbered, numbered title after the original Resident Evil 8 was internally rebooted. Ooh. So I wonder whether or not the what was supposed to be Resident Evil 8 has now become Resident Evil 9. It's a confusing timeline to keep track of, but it's not entirely out of character for Capcom because they've always internally rebooted Resident Evil games. And I mean, you know, you look at how many times Resident Evil 4 was internally rebooted. You look mm -hmm. at the fact that Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, like that was originally supposed to be a spin-off and then it became a numbered title, presumably like Resident Evil 8 Village has become um, now. So it's fascinating how kind of um, history repeats itself in that way. Well, my, my thought with all this stuff is that they did a big old experiment with Resident Evil 7. Let's switch it to first person. And I know the hardcore fans like Mr. Ben Roy will be like, well, if you go all the way back to that sweet home tech demo thing <laughs> for the way back before it was called Resident Evil, that was in first person, I know. But they, you know, tried to go first person and obviously it took, it took off like Resident Evil 7, massive success. But when they then did the RE2 remake, for me at yeah. least, I feel like the general sentiment was, okay, this is Resident Evil and this feels great. And this puzzle, they, like you're going through this scenario, it's third person shooting, it's RE4 style. Um, you know, this puzzle based progression, this is Resident Evil. Not that RE7 didn't have puzzles, but I just feel like RE2 was just a tighter package of action and puzzling and things like that. And so for me, if I'm Capcom, then both of these avenues are just as successful as each other. So you kind of want mine both of them um, yes. I kind of wonder if that was how you know maybe maybe originally RE8 started out as a third person thing or something that isn't the village that we have now um, and they're sort of you know now that they've made that first person RE4's remake is going to have the third person flag and they sort of just get to go forward doing both at the same time um, yeah. because why would they pick from one or the other when they've proven that both are profitable yeah, I think so. And I mean, you know, we have Resident Evil 4 in development, which has also recently mm. been rebooted and the developers have been taken <laughs> off it. We've yeah. had a switch up there. But yeah, I feel like those remakes are kind of flying the flag, like you said, for that third person classic style or whatever of Resident mm. Evil, while this next numbered game can kind of, you know, dabble in this new era that Resident Evil 7 has kicked off. But it is, there is, I think there's a lot of... Um, details about Resident Evil 8 Village that kind of do point towards it originally being a spin-off. I mean, it's almost mm. unheard of in the in the series to go from one numbered title to the next and keep the main protagonist the same. You know, in the first yeah. game, we switch from Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine to Claire and Leon and then continue to switch. Obviously, Resident Evil 8 is dabbling in like this weird occult thing with vampires and werewolves. It is a big departure. <laughs> yeah. So you can kind of see why it might have started as more of a spin-off because they had like cold feet and then they realized, oh no, this is really good. And it deserves to be known as like the next big thing in this franchise, which I find really fascinating. 
I tell you what's what's weird as well. If they were in these, all of this stuff was in development in 2018. I mean, obviously, in development can be. We have a sketch over there on a whiteboard. Yeah. And we're, we're getting there, and that's going to be in development. But do you think they had a master plan for what the next no, few numbered installments were going to be? And now they're almost sort of like improvising based on. Well, not. It's not like on the fly improvisation, but that idea of seeing what's sold and then you know changing the games around. Like you said, soft rebooting RE4, soft rebooting RE8. Like, do you think that they whatever their plan? What do you think their plan was for RE9 back in 2018? Is that something that has just been changed so much now because the first person stuff has taken off so much? I guess so. I mean, some of like the original leaks, again, I think Dusk Golem was a part of them. Like, we're talking about it being on like an island and it was like a secret mm. lab and stuff like that, which kind of would have been interesting. But I think that Capcom, rightly so, is is becoming more of a reactive company. Like, it's well and good to have plans, but, you know, if we were following Capcom's plans in the early 2010s, we would have gotten, like, five Resident Evil 6s. So, you know, <laughs> you need an element of planning in advance. That's always good so you don't have this chaotic development where you don't know what's going on. You're kind of putting the train tracks down as the train is coming over the bridge or whatever. But at the same time, you also need to respond to what fans are responding to, what's going down well. You know, Resident Evil 2 is going down really well. Get Resident Evil 3 out. People love this stuff, you know? Um, Resident Evil 7 is now the highest selling game in the franchise. We should probably make a proper sequel to that, you know what I mean? So I always <laughs> think there's this kind of um, uh, like friction between the plans that are in place, but also mm. you know the necessary reactions needed to change with the market and change what the uh, fans are wanting. In, in I essence. tell you what though, can you? Can, is there such a thing as too much Resident Evil in, in, in one year? Because I remember well, Assassin's yeah, Creed I... trying this, and then we had Assassin's Creed, uh, Unity, and Rogue in the same year, and we all went, can you stop with the Assassin's Creed <laughs> for one year? Do you think they'll get to that point? That's the big question, isn't it? That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. If like the quality remains high, then I don't think that's going to happen. But if it starts to get to the point where you can tell that things yeah. are half-baked, or things are being pushed out, or things aren't as polished as they should be, then I think we, we will get to that point of oversaturation where it's like, did we really need Resident Evil Reverse? <laughs> you know, we're, we're, could development oh, have been, um, you know, put on another part of this franchise to bolster that instead? You know, you don't want to go too much um, too soon, but, mm. you know, like... Capcom, this is one of their biggest ever franchises that's still going, you know what I mean? They're making so much money off this brand. And mm. I do at least appreciate that they're not just churning out Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil 9, Resident Evil 10, you know what I mean? Like, even according to this rumor, there's going to be a big gap between 8 and 9. And we are getting different, like, flavors of Resident Evil as the years goes on. Like you said, we're getting the first person ones, we're getting the remakes, we're getting um, Revelations 3 or whatever that is, you know what I mean? Mm. We're getting all of these different types, which I think, hopefully, will stave off a bit of it the seems, fatigue. Yeah, it seems nice and promising. The thing is that you said, like, you know, like, we can tell that something hasn't been sort of cooked as much as it could be. With RE3, I could tell. Like, I could really yeah. tell. That was, like... 50 pounds for that was ridiculous and i hope that that's not the route that they go down i think they've learned from that just considering the amount of sort of different conversations around it and i mean even though it it scored relatively well but i feel the general feedback around the re3 remake was just like this is not re2 yeah. or even I mean, really close to it the, the feedback was loud enough that capcom has internally rebooted it and changed developers <laughs> you know what i mean so obviously they are not worried but obviously mm. they are they don't want to sour this bad thing in the way that they soured, you know, Resident Evil when it came to Resi 5 and Resi 6, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It feels like they very much don't want to repeat those mistakes again and, uh, like I said, reactive to what the response is to these individual titles. 
Yeah, man, I would hope, uh, yeah, I just hope that they treat it with, like, care, love, and respect. And I still want some sort of <laughs> overarching, dumb, over-the-top plotline to run through all oh, those yeah. numbered games going forward. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below from Resident Evil 9. What would you like to see from that game? And do you want them to be third-person or first-person going forward? Uh, for now, I've been Scott from Mockculture.com. I've been Josh from Mockculture.com. I will catch you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.